There's never a dull moment when it comes to Minnesota sports. Whether it's on the gridiron. For the end zone, it's Jefferson who's got the touchdown. On the court. Edwards thinking three and popping a three. On the ice. It's Caprice over the or on the diamond. Buxton hammers that to left field. Another Minnesota home run. Whether it's positive. I think this is a good enough roster to make the playoffs. Or negative. He's terrible. Awful. Don't get it. Don't understand it. Whether there's optimism. Hey, they might be able to even make it to a conference final. Or pessimism. Don't expect me to be super excited. I mean, I don't know. Does this really do much for anybody? There's always something to chat about. Shout out to Minnesota Sports Chat. Keep on being elite. If you're looking for fun, informative, discussion on all things Minnesota sports, you've come to the right place. This is Minnesota Sports Chat, and now, here's your host, Ross Brendel. Believe it or not, edition number 159 of the soon-to-be award-winning Minnesota Sports Chat, award-winning, yes, if only, in my own mind. My own mind. I think I added a D there to own. Although, you know what? At times, people do live inside my head. So technically, it could be owned by somebody else. Daniel House from Gophers Guru and also Vikings Corner. Minnesota Sports Chat favorite Daniel House in just moments. A sincere thank you to you for continuing to help me grow this podcast by listening. That's most important. But also telling your family and friends That's important as well, and please make sure to rate and review on Apple and Spotify. And if you're listening in the Score North Taxi Squad feed, I kindly encourage you to take the extra step and just subscribe to Minnesota Sports Chat, wherever it is that you get your podcasts. At Daniel House NFL on Twitter and at GophersGuru.com. How are you doing, my man? Ross, what's going on, man? You you soak in the NCAA tournament in this weekend, or yeah, what were we up to? I, I did. I had a lot of family stuff this weekend, actually, and some personal stuff, but I was able to keep tabs on pretty much all of the basketball. This upcoming weekend will be a little bit different for me. It'll be more keeping tabs via phone because I am heading to the Des Moines area to take in some uh, Iowa Wild Hockey and Iowa Tim- Iowa Timberwolves. Yeah, Iowa Timber Pups. In Des Moines, so on Saturday, should the Gopher hockey team get past Canisius, I will be keeping tabs on that most likely on my phone. So row the boat, Sky Yamat, go Bob, go Pride on Ice. But yeah, I'm feeling pretty good. We're recording this uh, late in the day on a Monday for a Tuesday release. I don't know if the basketball was fantastic. In fact, I can tell you, Daniel, it probably wasn't really fantastic, but it was incredibly entertaining. Fun, fun four days of basketball. How your brackets doing? Brackets doing moderately well. I had UConn. <laughs> Only you could spin it that way. Moderately UConn, well. UConn winning it all. And I had Miami in the final four. So I'm liking those two picks, but I had Duke and Arizona. So I had Arizona go out the first round, but hey, it's been fun. I enjoyed watching the games. That Kansas Arkansas game was phenomenal. Talk about a great, great game to watch. Two teams just going at it. I don't love doing bracket talk because I think we all get annoyed hearing about each other's brackets, but I do think the philosophy I think is up for debate. I don't like doing fantasy sports much anymore. Cause I, I just, this sounds bad. I'm not, this is not holier than thou, 
But I enjoy the games enough as it is where I don't need to play any fantasy sports. But pick'ems, I always find enjoyment in that, right? Mm-hmm. So right now, I actually ended up submitting six brackets for a bunch of different things. But what I did here, Daniel, years ago, I used to just submit the same bracket to all these different places. Now, what I do, and to me, this is brilliant, I do six different brackets that I all think could happen, but it just makes it easier to watch the games and not really care about what's happening. Do you have a philosophy on how you handle these? It's one bracket for me. Okay. I want to I wanna just go with my gut, studying all season to prepare, put my bracket together, and <laughs> let it go the way it goes. And if I just want to enjoy the game that night and I'm like, forget it about the bracket, then that's how I roll. But... I just want quality basketball. Well, and at the end of the day, once you turn in your bracket, I th- I think even if you had Arizona winning at all, you should be cheering. Well, I don't know if you should be cheering for the upset, but you should at least enjoy the upset. Uh, some Vikings fans may be upset with how the Vikings offseason has gone. Uh, I think if, if you are upset, I'm not saying that there's the masses are upset, but I, you know, I'm sure some people are. With the way that the offseason's gone, not a massive spending spree for the Minnesota Vikings, Daniel. But I think uh, for the first time since Kwesi has been here in KOC, I'm not saying they didn't have a plan last year, but things you've talked about, they came in so late in the game, had to hire a head coach, had to get their staffs up and running. This to me seems like the first offseason, albeit it's only the second, where you can see the plan in place by the brass. And I appreciate the plan at this point. Uh, I look at it this way. House, correct me if I'm wrong. The Vikings are basically telling or did tell every current player on the roster. If you're basically above 30, if you want to be a part of this team, you're going to have to meet our demands because we're not going to pay you that number. Now, if you want to pay the number that we're going to give you, even if you think it's a low ball number, you can stay with the Minnesota Vikings. If not, we're moving on. Also, we're essentially going to buy players of value and buy lottery tickets and evaluate for one season because we don't have a bunch of money to hand out until after next season. And I'm okay with that because I don't think the Minnesota Vikings, I think the Vikings can still make the playoffs next year, but I don't think they're realistic Super Bowl contenders. So everything you do next year and until you think your window is back open should be viewed in the prism of who fits in our window and how do we become perennial Super Bowl contenders. And I think they're doing that right now. Short-term deals with team flexibility and a lot of young high upside players who maybe didn't get completely maximized through coaching or schematic decisions or maybe injury problems that could be corrected in Minnesota with the training staff they have versatility team speed came into this offseason we talked i think almost immediately after the playoff game was done and i said team speed was something they needed to upgrade versatility under defense became an even bigger item with brian flores coming in because you got to be able to do multiple things in that front in the secondary he's looking for players who can blitz and line up inside and out so you look at someone like byron murphy who has slot experience and on the outside played in a man cover scheme in an in a defense that ranked at the top of blitz rate every single year he was their top four team 
And he's showing he can blitz. He's explosive and can trigger downhill and do some things for you in that capacity, which we know will be very important as part of the disguise portion of the defense. Marcus Davenport, you look at him, Ross, someone who battled a lot of injuries, but you look at the pressure rates over the course of his career, he has the fourth highest pressure rate since 2018 when he entered the league. Pressure rate above 13% every single year. So a lot of potential there, but got to stay on the field. And being in this scheme, he can line up everywhere. I said it a lot. Like when you go back and look at the athletic testing, he's got a very similar competitive uh, athletic profile to a Jadavian Clowney, someone who the Browns signed when Quasey was out there. So I see him being able to move all over and align at different spots based on the situation. So I'm excited to see what he can do. Uh, within the Vikings defense. Yeah, and for him, as you mentioned, Daniel, it's been less about physical ability and being able to do the job and more about staying healthy. So if perhaps he stays healthy and the Vikings like what they see, this time next year we could be talking about a monster deal for a player who has always projected well coming out of UTSA. Uh, It's also nice to mix in a Roadrunners reference, so had to do that with our... UTSA squad were you surprised that Byron Murphy Jr. I know he was always on the Vikings radar and if they were going to spend money for more than one year it was probably going to be at a cornerback so they can start to solidify depth and feel good about where they're at I guess I was surprised that they got a deal done for only two years I kind of figured it was going to be in the three or four year range were you surprised by that or is he still the type of player that the league is trying to figure out how good he actually can be. So two years made sense for both sides. Here's what I'll say about where the league's heading. I believe maybe we'll see less of the long-term deals and more short-term deals in the league because players are going, okay, I want to get my cash over the course of a shorter-term contract. And then my value goes up. The salary cap goes up. Uh, the, the just the overall price at each position goes up so they can continue to cash in and make more money off short-term deals uh, and continue to evaluate the situation, not be maybe locked into a specific spot unless you're like a blue chip perennial player. I could see that becoming more of a trend here. Byron Murphy, someone who you know, I, f- I liked the price point that they got him at. I was okay with that. I felt like his versatility, his fit in the scheme are really good. So I was overall most pleased with that move. And, you know, then they brought in, you know, like Dean Lowry, who is a depth player, it gives you some flexibility. He can play and start probably, but like you got to see how the draft plays out. He's someone who can play three tech, the four eye, the five tech give you versatility there, help you at the point of attack in the run game and also pushing pockets. You can see the D line was a big priority. And we talked about that at the end of the year too, being able to push pockets, collapse escape lanes, really put pressure on the quarterback and then get some retrace opportunities for the edge rushers. So I saw that. Plus I also want to touch on Josh Oliver too, the tight end who had one of the top blocking grades, was a really good mismatch type of player at San Jose State in a passing game, stretching people up the seam and vertically. Ended up gaining weight, getting stronger, becoming a very good run blocker, but he also can give you some something in the passing game still as well. Another player who dealt with some injuries, but I see the Vikings getting out ahead here going, there's a little bit, when you look at the, the tight end market where it's at, felt like they could get some good value by signing them now and also looking ahead at potentially being more of a 12 personnel two tight end team 
uh, looking at where the league's going from an innovation perspective and with the run game, I could see some some different wrinkles. They definitely want to run the ball better this year, Ross. Yeah, and I appreciate that, Daniel, because I, I don't know how many times I said this to you, but just in general on this pod, I did not like multiple times on third and short and fourth and short when they never once ran the ball. Maybe that was just because they didn't feel like they had personnel to do it successfully enough, which I would uh, mildly disagree with when you're talking about trying to pick up six inches and you have two cracks at it. But I certainly look at this signing as an indication that they're going to make more of a commitment to running the ball. One question I want to ask you on the offensive side, we know a Justin Jefferson deal will get done at some point. There's no reason to expect that it won't. Using the word deal, at some point, if it hasn't already happened, and I'm not saying it will happen. I, I don't even know if I want it to happen. Actually, no, I think I do want it to happen. At some point, the 49ers, they are going to pick up the phone and say, what realistically could we do for your quarterback, right? And, and maybe they're already doing that through back channels, but the plan can't be to go in with a bunch of question marks and Sam Darnold. So, and maybe it will be. Maybe that's what they will do. But my hunch is at some point, the Vikings and 49ers are going to at least have a conversation because the rest of the league has to be looking at the Minnesota Vikings, realizing every move the Minnesota Vikings made in free agency is geared with an eye towards 2024 and beyond, not necessarily 2023. Albeit, like I said, if Kirk Cousins comes back, I do think this team can still win somewhere between seven and 11 games on the high end and be a playoff team. But are you really a realistic Super Bowl contender at that point? I just feel like it's logical. The 49ers are going to at least see if anything's doable. Yeah. And also Justin Jefferson wants to know what the quarterback situation is going to look like as he gets ready to sign this long-term deal. Kirk's older. Like what's the plan for getting an answer at that position? That's long-term who will be throwing him the football over the, for the foreseeable future. So you never know. I mean, you could place a call to San Francisco. They could call you and say, hey, you know, we're interested in Kirk and you figure out what the trade package would look like. And then the options, you know, you start looking at draft options potentially, but there's also the Lamar Jackson option out there as well. If the Vikings want to go that route where suddenly you're going, man, uh, a lot of intrigue that you can add to your offensive scheme and the quarterback run side of it. And you just brought in another tight end. And, you know, you got three tight ends on the roster in Hawkinson and Josh Oliver and you kept CJ Ham and you got Johnny Munt. Like you got all the personnel to sort of run that type of scheme and blend that in there, but also kind of pivot to where the league's going from a run game perspective. So, you know, you just never know. You got to at least entertain the idea of, of what that could look like. And like you said, if a Kirk trade did happen, then, you know, you'd have those picks to potentially put into, you know, the, the picture and put everything together. There's still some stuff going on, Ross. There's still something going on with, with like Dalvin Cook, Darius Smith. Is Daniil Hunter going to play out the contract uh, right as it is right now? I, I don't know. Like, I find that hard to believe. But, like, I feel like something's going on with Dalvin Cook. I've, I've heard – I'll just say this. I've heard some stuff about a team east of the Mississippi – that, you know, might be interested in Dalvin Cook. So we'll see. I don't know. We'll see what happens. Well, that narrows it down to about half the league. But 
you know, I think I might know where you're going with that, but I'll I'll let imagination <laughs> run its course for a lot of people. House was talking about the Vikings trying to figure out that perfect blend on offense, perfect blend for how to navigate free agency in the roster. You can find your perfect blend of coffee at coffeebybeans.com. As you know, I'm just crushing on that Profectus blend, but the Mikado is fantastic. Let's be honest. They're all fantastic. Coffeebybeans.com. Make sure you use that promo code SPORTSCHAT when you check out. Check out, very simple. Order by the bag, $35 or more. They'll ship for free. Or sign up for a coffee subscription. You can set your subscription up in one to eight-week intervals. Makes it so simple. You can even choose between 12-ounce bags or five-pound bulk bags. They make it so easy. Beans Coffee Company. Again, coffeebybeans.com is the site. When you're there, make sure you sign up for their newsletter. You'll get advanced notice on limited time sales, new releases, promo codes, and so much more. Coffeebybeans.com. Use the promo code SPORTSCHAT. Why Minnesota? Why here? Why now? Um, Timing. Couldn't control the timing of it. Certainly not something we planned on in any way. But why Minnesota? And I think that's a great question. I think it's, you look at our academic reputation, our institution, and we, are, we have something that's really special. We have an opportunity to play in the Big Ten, the best conference in the country. We have an opportunity here to do something and recruit young ladies in our, in our backyard to build this, that, our, our, that they have an opportunity to stay close to home. Our fans have an opportunity to watch them grow throughout their high school careers and then into their college careers. We have a fan base here that, that loves women's basketball. There's a a lot that's really, really special about that. Look at the Big Ten tournament and the crowds that we had right down the road. So certainly excited about that. And for me personally, it's an opportunity to come home. That is Don Plitzewite addressing the media masses at Monday's introductory press conference. I honestly, I can't do a deep dive on Don, Daniel House, other than what I've read But what I have read and just listening to her, I I was able to hear most of her introductory press conference. This seems like it has the potential, again, seems like it. We won't know for a few years. But this seems like it has the potential to be a pretty good hire and important to me, albeit only one year at a Power 5 school. She has a lot of years of coaching experience, and she knows the Midwest very well, growing up in Wisconsin, spending Almost a decade at South Dakota, taking the University of South Dakota to the Sweet 16. At least when you talk about interviewing somebody and on paper, this seems like probably about as good of a hire as you could make. Yeah, I was very impressed with the hire and the introductory press conference, too. The thing I liked about the hire specifically was the Midwest ties. I've heard that from people, and that was a big factor that Minnesota was looking at a coaching candidate who could get the most out of the talent pool around here and be able to bring some of those players in and build off of the existing core that they have a young players, which is intriguing. So to bring Dawn in here, she, you know, she wanted to get back to the area. She's from Wisconsin. She grew up on a farm uh, in near Milwaukee down in that area. So she wants to come back here and, you know, get back to the Midwest. So hopefully Minnesota found their Brenda freeze where they went and hired somebody away from school that was only there for one year, because uh, I've heard good things about Don though, from people that I've spoken with about her relationship with the coaches in this area and uh, just 
the way she's going to play basketball, the brand built on defense and toughness and player development and just relationship building, which I think is key. Yeah, and relationship building is key with your own team in year one because Mm -hmm. most of the roster is not going to be her roster. She did mention they're going to have to dip into the transfer portal to supplement this roster, but that top 10 recruiting class organized by Lindsey Whalen it's all coming back. So she has that at her disposal, which is a really nice a really nice thing for her. Yeah, and her experience and background. I liked when she talked about today building her system around the talent she has cuz so many people always talk about And Donatel oh, take notes. Yeah, exactly. Not trying to do things that that don't work with the people that you have and she said that she wants to get in here and sort of identify what the strengths are, what works, and then build around it because she likes the core that is available. So I'm excited about it. I, I look forward to watching women's basketball this year just to see what, what they can do with, with her at the helm because her experience is impressive. I won't quote the entire tweet because I don't know it word for word, but it was a tweet from uh, from Dan Barrero. And Dan Barrero basically you know, setting somebody straight on Twitter uh, tweeted that uh, Eric Musselman was going to interview here back in about 2013, and that interview was canceled. And then you yeah. fast forward years later, and by your accounts, people that I know about, the only sources that I have that I will really be adamant about, Daniel, without being boastful, that give me decent information are at the University of Minnesota. Go mm-hmm. back a few years for the right money and making it work. I think Eric Musselman would have been the basketball coach at the University of Minnesota. And then this weekend, you see Mark Coyle as a front row seat watching uh, Eric Musselman punch his ticket to the Sweet 16. I don't think that Mark was there doing the, hey, uh, Eric, if I was to let go of Ben tomorrow, do you think you could be in Dinky Town in two months? I don't think that that's what was happening. It was it was he's on the NCAA basketball committee. Correct. That's why he was there. But let's not kid ourselves. It's also an opportunity to maybe float some things and talk to some people and I still want this thing to work out with Ben Johnson. I'm I'm behind Ben Johnson. I, as you know, Daniel, I've told you for a couple of weeks now via text, and I think on this pod, he should be given his third year. But if the third year doesn't result, in my opinion, in probably at least six conference wins, maybe more, I think Ben's going to be out of a job. So I'm taking the Don Plitzawhite angle through Eric Musselman and Mark Coyle hanging out this weekend to ask this really roundabout way of getting their question. The chances that Mark Coyle's looking for another basketball coach this time next year are what percentage would you give it? And Man, I know I this is, know. I know this is pushing you out of your comfort zone because you have to, you cover the program, but Ben, Ben Johnson can't be unaware that I don't know how hot his seat is, but it's not comfortable either. Well, I would say the transfer portal is the biggest aspect. You got to be able to get some guard play. You watch guard play in the NCAA tournament right now, and you watch what Minnesota had at guard play this year. It, it's the driving force. I mean, look at Devo Davis, look at Marquise Noel, how they played in those big games and those high leverage moments. You got to have those guards that you can lean on. They didn't have a single guard shoot above 50% effective field goal percentage, and they just needed more speed 
lateral agility as a team on defense. I, I go back and look. I mean, one of the things that bothered me most is they weren't able to generate enough turnovers defensively. I mean, they had a, about a 14.8% defensive turnover rate, which was 345th out of 363 teams in the country. So they got to do a lot better in generating some deflections, getting some easy baskets, and that'll tie into the offensive side of it with transition as well. So I would focus on guard play. That's the key. Ben has to hit the portal and get some players in here that can make a huge impact in that capacity house it's the world that we currently live in so there's not a ton you can do about it other than i think winning and sustaining a successful program which obviously is easier said than done but do you get any chuckle or maybe do you get enjoyment out of watching the successes of seeing Marcus Carr and uh, Greenlee, former Gophers, headed to the Sweet 16. I think it would have been nice to see them in the Sweet 16 with the Gophers, but I'm not going to cheer against them. No, it's fun to watch all all the guys out there. That I mean, Liam Robbins had it last year as well, and he got hurt. And I forgot about Liam Robbins. Yeah, he played really well this year uh, too, so... You know, I watch right now. I'm just excited for the matchups this weekend, Ross. I, I think this is going to be a phenomenal end of the week of basketball here. There's just so many good teams and good matchups. Tell me about uh, Gopher Spring Ball, because as we sit here today, allegedly they'll play a spring game on April 22nd. What are you looking for in spring practices leading up to that spring game? Because in all honesty, Daniel, you and I know I, I love going to the spring game. It's fun to be at, but the most impactful part of this time of year is the practices. It's not actually the game. So what are you looking for and what do you think the head coach is looking to see this spring? Gophers, believe it or not, you're what? Four and a half, five months away from the season opener against Nebraska already. Hard to believe. Yeah, I'm, I just posted a piece today ask, answering some fan questions, and some of those revolved around which position groups I'm looking forward to watching as spring ball begins. I'll be at practice uh, on the 28th. That's the first open one, four total practices. I get to watch this, this spring, and I'm focusing my attention on defensive tackle. I wrote a lot about interior pocket push, how Minnesota needed to improve in that area. Trill Carter and Kyler Baugh inside together starting. And we saw Trill Carter produce at a high level pass rushing wise in the past, but had a little bit of a dip and drop off this last year. Kyler Bach came in late and was learning, but I saw a lot of good things in terms of he's one of the strongest players on the team physically. And he plays super hard, just trying to learn the scheme, get everything to fit together. They've got some younger players that I want to see in that room as well, you know, like Jacob Schuster, Devin Eastern. Logan Richter, who's just got to stay healthy. I heard really good things about Darnell Jeffries, who made growth from the first game last year to the end of the year and, and heard some good things about where he's at. So I believe defensive tackle and then offensive line, Ross. Just got to see how that all shakes out with the interior of that group. You got three starters gone there. Nathan Bowe is probably the favorite at center, but they're going to explore all the options with Carter Shaw and then you got some younger players and experienced player like Tyler Cooper, who hasn't had the game snaps, but he could potentially get into a role. Ashton Beers as well as a name to keep an eye on as a younger player. Uh, and also the possibility, if they need to, to kick Quinn Carroll inside to guard if someone emerges at the tackle spot, like Martis Lewis, where's J.J. Gadea? Like, 
they will explore combinations like crazy along the offensive line to figure out what works best. And I wouldn't be surprised uh, roster wise in May if they're looking at like a corner, maybe a linebacker and another uh, defensive tackle, maybe offensive line. Those would be a few of the areas I would say if there's options available or keep an eye on that for some depth. I'm also really excited. It's probably more of to see how it takes early on in next season, but obviously here in spring ball as well, just to see the development of Ethan Kaliak Manis, because remember we were really supposed to get our first glimpse of him either in mop up duty last year or this upcoming season. Well, he basically got two thirds, almost an entire season of work last year. So I think for a year, when I look at the gopher schedule, Daniel and stop me, if I'm being negative, I think you go into next year already borderline assuming that they'll lose three games. And I'm talking about Michigan, Ohio State, and North Carolina. Maybe they can go to North Carolina and win. North Carolina's been uh, pretty, I don't want to say beatable, but they've been vulnerable early in seasons before. But let's assume you lose those three games. Well, then if you want to at least get back to any sort of bowl game, you got to go six and three from there. I would say next to impossible if we'd seen nothing from Ethan Kaliak Manis. But since we saw him last year, I think there's enough reason to believe that this team can still win. I wouldn't put a bunch of money on it if it was me, but I still think they can win six or seven games. Well, I would say early on in the season will dictate how things go and how the season ultimately pans out because you you're playing teams that all made bowl games last year, you know, Louisiana, North Carolina, Eastern Michigan, you start the season against Nebraska, the brand new head coach and Matt rule. So a lot of questions there in terms of what type of scheme are you going to see who will be featured like question marks already going into a first game. But when you got a brand new head coach, it's definitely another layer. So Ethan got that experience at the end of last year, which I think is super valuable in terms of, okay, this is what the speed of the game is like. Here's some things that you got to do mentally to get ready for the game, the preparation side of it. But now it's like putting all together, the field vision side of it. You know teams are going to scheme because he's less experienced. They're going to be throwing a lot of looks and disguises and different things out there uh, to try to confuse him a little bit and, and, you know, take advantage of the fact he has less experience, but, you know, we saw that upside being able to make all the throws, stretch teams at all three levels. And with Matt Simon and Greg Harbo being co-OCs, uh, the collaborative approach that they're going to take offensively, what changes do they make to build around some of the personnel additions that they added through the transfer portal and other players who've been developing up. I'm intrigued by what that will look like because I feel as if we'll see maybe a little bit of an identity shift just because Mo's gone. You lost some experience. You brought in some wide receiver talent. Sean Tyler back. I really like from Western Michigan, who's a different style of runner than Mo is. He's smaller. He's like five foot eight, 185, but he's really explosive. He accelerates well in the second and third levels and pops off a lot of big plays can give you some stuff in the receiving game too. So I look at the personnel, the coaching staff side of it, Andrew Soder coming in, some of the things that they did at Kent State, can they maybe apply that to already what they're doing in a passing game and some of the things with the, the rushing concepts here before and blend those together? I, I'm intrigued by that. In promoting your appearance on this podcast, as I often do, we put out on Twitter that you would be appearing, and I asked for questions, and I got a few that I'm going to just rapid-fire give you. One is go okay. for men's basketball-related. One is football related and near and not so dear to my heart. We'll start with the basketball one from at baseball norm. 
is this rock bottom for Gopher men's basketball or can they sink even lower? Honest question. What did they improve upon from game one to the last game of the season? It's kind of a two-parter. House, can it get worse? I'll answer that for you. Yes, it can. What did they improve upon, though? By the end of the year, did you feel better about anything than from the beginning of the year? I thought that Pharrell Payne played a lot better at the end of the season. I thought that he was, was going right that was going to be my answer. Josh Ola Joseph showed some flashes as well at the back half of the year. So those are two players that you can build around. This has to be the rock bottom. You got to start seeing some improvement in some capacity with the program. And the transfer portal will play a big role in that. Like I said, being able to go get some guards that can put some pressure on the defense just off the dribble. I didn't think they got enough dribble penetration to be able to get the defense to collapse and kick and then get some open looks. And I thought that hurt Jamison Battle a little bit, although I think Jamison was dealing with some injury problems and there were some injuries throughout the roster as well. So there were a lot of little factors at play, but I would say this has to be rock bottom. You have to show tangible improvement you need to make some big hits in the transfer portal. And finally, Dean King, I think this was a plant by you. Dean King asks me to discuss who is competing to be the new field goal kicker this year and their past success percentages. House, if it was up to me, I wouldn't even touch this question because you know college kickers and kickers in general keep me up at night because I live in fear of them. Uh, but Try and make me feel good about the kicking situation next year, Daniel. The Dragon, man. You got the Dragon. You got Jacob Lewis, Ball State as well. But I guess that the Dragon ends up kicking. I mean, they need to, like, come up with some, like, dragon flame thing, you know, like at the top of the stadium or a something. Graphic, a graphic for goal. the kick. Yeah. Yeah, it's like the the Vikings flame thing that got kibosh because the Titans set something on fire. But like, I, for, they need to, I forgot about that. Great memory. Yeah, so I would I would come up with an in stadium arrangement there to have like a flame come out of a dragon every time he comes out to kick a field goal or he's successful making a field goal. But yeah, him and then Mark Crawford as well, the Australian. I saw him coming out of the facility the other day, and he just hit me with the Aussie accent. Stops me on the way out. He's going to punt. I was like getting those Aussie rolls down and he was just laughing. So it was funny. How does he greet you? Hey, mate. Yeah. It's just like that. Hey, mate. <laughs> Aussie. I can't say your that? name Aussie, but I could do. Hey, mate. Housey, what's at gophersguru.com or even Vikings Corner that you want to promote? Yeah, gophersguru.com's got a lot of content out there. Been doing some features on the Gophers getting ready for the draft. Did one on Thomas Rush, Tanner Morgan. And then also just some studies out there that have done this offseason, a brand new mailbag. I answered some fan questions, a couple thousand word, uh, a couple thousand words for fans to check out on that. Get ready for spring ball. So just jam packed full of content, getting you ready for go for spring ball. Beautiful. You're the best. I appreciate it. Thanks as always for joining at Minnesota Sports Chat. Love it. Thanks, Ross. That is Daniel House at Daniel House NFL on the Twitter machine. And yes, gophersguru.com, the place to find all of that wonderful gopher football, basketball information that he brings to this podcast. Boy, about once a month, sometimes more at this rate. Thanks to Daniel for always being so kind with his time. And again, thanks to you for listening to Minnesota Sports Chat and purchasing your beans coffee at coffeebybeans.com with the promo code Sports Chat. I'm Ross Brendel saying thank you so much for listening and sharing this podcast. We'll talk again real soon.